save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Alrighty, welcome back everybody to the 10th episode of The Basement Binge. Pretty exciting episode as well. We watched Marvel's The Avengers. Or Marvel of the Avengers. Yeah. Uh, great movie, man. Really enjoyed this. So yeah, 10th episode, closing of phase one, and it's such a huge film with um, the Avengers that we're excited to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I'm Kelton here. And I'm Cade. And I'm Harrison. I forgot to say my name. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you guys know the drill. Um, we love seeing you guys download the podcast every week and, and listen in, but we also want to reach our goal. For those who can't remember, we're trying to reach 1,000 total downloads by the end of the year. So that means each and every episode, we got to be grinding and sharing the crap out of this stuff. So each of you, whenever you share it, you know, talk to your family, your friends, your grandma. We don't care. <laughs> as long as you guys can share it, that'd be amazing. You're the best. And just help us reach our goal. So yeah. keep sharing, guys. Yeah, and this, this is Kate right here. I'm so excited for this episode. And I... You guys have been really going out and really talking about what we're what we're doing here, and it's it's so cool to see that. And speaking of that, uh, something really exciting happened this week, and we want to give a huge shout out to someone who gave who made our first mention. Shout out to What Should We Watch podcast. They gave us a mention in their Follow Friday hashtag tweet yesterday, and seeing that yesterday was the coolest feeling. Like, look at that. We were out in the world and people know about us. So thank you guys. That was great. That was like the coolest feeling. I was on I was just on this major hype for like five, ten minutes because like look at that man. Someone's, you know, helping us out here. So thank you to you guys. Also, another reminder to keep up de- update about um stay on Twitter and so as well as Instagram to have fun little trivia questions like I did before on, on my personal Instagram account as well as on our Twitter page. So stay up to date with that and keep on downloading. Yeah, and if you're new to the podcast, please definitely consider subscribing. we got some pretty exciting things in the works here um, that I'm really excited about. But jumping into this podcast here, we'll start, as always, with our two cents, um, where we get two minutes of uninterrupted time um, to just kind of give our initial knee-jerk reaction to this movie without having to deal with the comments of the other two hosts here. Um, And then follow that up with Pick Your Poison, where it's our personal rating scale, anywhere between never watching this movie again to renting to buying. So just kind of the fun rating scale we've picked up, followed by binge points, which are Easter eggs or things we noticed or just details that are fun, you know, fun things we enjoyed about watching the movie, ending um, that segment with our favorite and least favorite scenes. And then my favorite part of the show is where we fall in. We talk about the messages or themes or meanings in this movie that have impacted us and kind of a deeper meaning for enjoying it. Um, so I will start with my two cents here. Get my two minutes on the clock. We're going. So I haven't seen this movie in a long time. Um, 
I remember when we did a rank and I mentioned I hadn't launched, watched it in a while. But then I rewatched it just for fun. But I stopped watching right before the final battle, the New York battle. And just not having that ending, I was like, yeah, this movie's not that good. Like, I remember why it's so low on my list. But then watching it today and finishing the movie, I was like, man, this movie's really good. It's incredibly well done, I thought. It was so, it's fun to watch, but I also thought that it was so comic booky in a good way, for lack of better words. Like, everything about it, just the way the story was told, kind of like the team-up nature with the reluctant heroes, but they also work super together, work well super together. Just the pacing and how the story was told, but a really fun story mixed in with a good villain and good character development, but also like character development that isn't complete in this story because it's going to go on and tell other stories in its own issue, just like a comic book, which I just thought was so cool. Um, it has really good spectacle, just like a comic book does. It's fun to look at. The quippiness and good humor and personality, like it just was a really good adaptation of a comic book to film. And Josh Wheaton has like a really good understanding of like how to do that in a positive way. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty interesting to, to, uh, see that, but also, yeah, like Cap is, um, Cap is super old and that's funny, especially after watching Captain America. That was a ton of fun. Stark is super cocky. Bruce is just worried all the time. Nick Fury's the ultimate spy. (laughs) (laughs) Natasha's fun. Loki's just a super genius. Uh, it was just like a really good, like really good understanding of comics and what makes those fun, but also movie and what makes that fun. Also historic, like that pan around scene of all the heroes, just historic scene. Like this moment, whether you like it or not, it changed Hollywood and movie making forever. For better or for worse, but it, it will never be the same because of this. Just a really fun film, really good one. Wow. Those are good. One second spur. All right, Katie, are you giving me my two minutes? You are on. All right, my two cents. Well, this movie, I totally agree with Harrison. This movie definitely changed the movie landscape because I think it took on the feel of doing something. Well, I was surprised watching this time, watching the movie this time around again, that it seemed like it was slow, but not at the same time. Like it gave the required amount of time to allow the characters to develop allow the plot to continue on and like, you know, go through the roller coaster of emotions that a good movie will make you feel. And this movie does that so well. And especially having a giant like battle scene. You know, I've seen a bunch of movies out there where like the whole movie is dedicated to the giant war in the city, you know? And buildings are getting destroyed and stuff and there's not like a lot of story behind it. And I think Avengers really tackles that like super well because you get to watch all these characters develop because this is the first movie where all of the different Avengers are put together. And I feel like each and every one had like their moment where they're kind of, it's just their character development, it's slow for them. You kind of get to see how they feel in that moment, how they're kind of acting in the group of Avengers and how well they like kind of work together. Like I, I seriously, as I'm thinking about it, I can't think of a single one where they didn't have like a personal moment. So mad props to that, like being able to have all these different characters and loops going on and each one of them had their own moment. But the movie itself is a great movie because it's funny enough and the action's awesome and cool enough is that it's still fun every single time you watch it. But Avengers definitely being able to tie things together on the first stage in phase one of the MCU was incredible. So... Great movie all around. There you go. 
dude, two minutes is not enough it is not for this enough. movie. <laughs> All right, it's my two minutes. Well, they, this movie, I remember as a little kid, just like so hyped about this movie and loving just all the action. And I was kind of worried that my favorite characters and weren't be able to give enough screen time, but they were able to evenly like just share that screen time. And this, this movie's like is two hours and like 20 minutes, something like that. And so they did really well with that. And my first reactions is like, seeing Natasha and Hawkeye like work together. I realize that they're like the, the daughter and the son of the Avengers slash MCU. Like they're like, like they have this like relationship. That's just really just relatable. I'd say, even though they're like this, this is an amazing archery is an archery and he's, and Natasha's this like amazing assassin slash spy, but like their commentary and banter is like really relatable. And so, like, I, I just love that. And also, um, I was really, really wanting to know, just look more at Loki. And so, Loki as a villain in this in this movie compared to Thor, like, he has made leaps and bounds in becoming evil. Like, he's made these, he's just, he's more just villainous and he just doesn't care about, like, killing, about death and just murder and stuff. And so, he, they... And the way he talks and everything that he's just like, he feels like he's just so arrogant that the arrogance between and Thor and in his movie has flipped to Loki pretty much. That's what I feel like that he's just super arrogant, but he's also a coward inside still like Loki's just kind of like, he's got thrown into all of this mess of this New York battle, but like he really doesn't know what's going to happen or really doesn't know the true meaning of like what his actions have done, you know, but there's a lot of things I want to talk about and I'm running out of time. So, I'll leave it at that. Perfect. All right, now that transitions us to the next section, which is pick your poison, baby. We're gonna go over our different rankings we made a couple weeks ago in one of our podcasts, ranking all the MCU movies in order, and also the different phases, like phase one, just those, I believe, seven movies? Five, I think. Sorry, just kidding, five. And ranking those so we're going to review those and then also pick your poison as we choose between three different rankings as to never watch this movie again and then um, renting the movie like every once in a while you go and watch it again or buying the movie and owning it so you can watch it whenever you want so i will start us off with picking my poison of buying this movie you know i feel like in the mcu we're going to be saying that for pretty much every single movie but I seriously feel like this is a great all-around movie, and it'd be fun just to watch. You know, you don't even have to watch it in order because it's a full—it's f- a like complete enough story so that it makes sense. So it doesn't like leave you hanging necessarily, like needing to watch other things. So I would definitely buy this movie so I could watch it whenever I want, and I'm probably gonna watch it like 20 more times before I die. Who knows? um, And then on the MCU ranking, before I had this ranked at, I believe, number... 13. 13. So, kind of right there in the middle. Um, You know, it sounds kind of low to me, but like thinking about all the other MCU movies, it's hard to move that up because that means something has to go down. So, I think I'm going to have to... I don't know. I think it was 
probably stay in the same spot. But yeah, definitely good all-around movie. And then in terms of phase, in the phase rankings. Let's see here, sorry. This one ranked at three. Number three. Which I believe I had Iron Man and Captain America ahead of that. Yes. Alright, interesting. That might change. We'll see. But um yeah. Yeah, with the spoilers, we'll see at the end of this podcast. We're gonna re rank the uh <laughs> the phase one at the end of this one, Boy. but Okay, I'm next here. So, Pick My Poison. Obviously, buy this movie. Ditto what Kelton said. It's a movie that you can rewatch a million times, um, which I'll talk a little bit more about in my bench points. But my ranking here, I have it at 14. Um, that seems kind of low, but it's also right in the middle. Um, it will probably move up just because, like I said, I hadn't seen this movie in a long time when doing this ranking, and I forgot how much, personally, I truly, truly enjoy this movie. Um, as far as the phase goes, I believe mine also was at number three. Um, that will probably go up to number two. Spoilers. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. We'll see. I, I got to decide before we get to the ranking. Um, yeah, so I'd buy it, definitely. I mean, I already own it, so I guess I bought it. <laughs> it's like every time you're like, should we buy it, own, rent it, or never watch it? And you're like, well, I already have it. So like, the two segment is like worthless for me. <laughs> okay, well, I, for me, pick my poison. I'd definitely buy it. Absolutely. Um it's, just, it's a movie that, one, I think it's really important for the uh, origin story of the Hulk and Natasha and Hawkeye. I think those are really important. So those are, I think it's a vital movie for the MCU in obvious reasons. In my rankings, I had in the overall rankings for me, it was at number eight. It's in the top ten for me, which actually I, I'm surprised. I forgot I put it up there. So. <laughs> it may move, it may stay, stay put, but we'll have to see. I just love this movie. It's a very, very big original. Uh, for me, been the phase, phase one, it was at number two, uh, just below Iron Man, and I think it's could probably stay put, but we will see at the end of the podcast, so we have to wait to the end. Uh, so that ends our segment here. Our next one is binge points. Just little references within the movie that we liked or we enjoyed or little messages or little funny um, comments or banters that back and forth between the characters. Uh, one thing I wanted to point out for binge points is the the point when they when Iron Man and Thor and Captain America are all fighting in the forest, right? And then after, they're on the, the aircraft, the, the carrier, and when... Uh, shoot, Tony Stark walks up to Iron Man and he's like, don't, sorry, point break, you have a mean swing. So he makes that little comment. So point break, I found out that point break is a, is a movie. Yeah. And it's got Keanu Reeves in it, and I can't remember this other guy, but Keanu Reeves' partner in that movie, the way his character is, is just like Thor, almost. So it was like a reference, like, insult. And so that, that actual reference of point break is actually it carries over into like throughout Thor's um, arc of his story. So I thought that was really funny. Or I had no idea that was like a reference. It was, to yeah, it was totally. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I just think it's like makes like Tony Stark that much more funny, you know? Like, oh, yeah. Just coming from these like witty comments and stuff. Yeah. Pop culture genius. <laughs> I can't think of any other comments that Tony Stark made, but like that was the one that I was looking for. Um, another reference that I thought was really interesting was um let me look for it do you want to show yours yeah I, 
talking about something that you made me think about, Kate, is talking about like this witty banter kind of stuff. I have realized in every single one of these movies, like a requirement to be a superhero is you have to be like witty. Like all the time when they're like talking with the villain, it's always like, oh yeah, psych, pun right here. Boom, I'm a superhero. It's just like, what? <laughs> like the yeah. entire movie, there, every single one of them had these punchlines. I think it, it just makes it really funny. It's like a necessity that the villain has like some stupid monologue that the, <laughs> that the hero has some witty comment to. And sometimes it's, it's like so anticipated. Like we, we all know it's coming. So it's almost too cheesy. But it's without it, it feels like it's missing. You know? mm-hmm. But... Props to this movie because it, it, it has some freaking funny comments. Yeah. Like we were talking, we watched it, Nick Fury when he's talking to the council. They're like, <laughs> we're going to nuke the city. He's like, yeah, well, I've, or what, how do you say it? In regards because it's a stupid decision, I've been elected to ignore it. <laughs> elected to ignore it. Like that is so funny. Or like when Nick Fury was talking to Thor, or not, not talking to Thor, talking to Loki. And he's like, you don't understand true power. And then Nick Fury's like, well... Let me know if true power needs a magazine or anything. <laughs> I love that. The dialogue is incredible. Just props to spicing it up. Because I'm sure if you're like dealing with like huge like world level threats where the world's going to end like any day now, like I'm sure you could just make it like super boring as possible. Like, okay, we got to get this done, save the world, boom, we got it. But like, for the movie, it's so entertaining, just the dialogue, just to see how they just make it funny and a lot more interesting. So, definitely a binge point for me. Yeah. I got a lot of binge points. So I'll just, like, a list I have here is the cellist in Portland that oh, yeah, yeah. Phil Coulson, Agent Coulson, is dating. It's just, like, it almost has, like, its story, like, its own arc. So, it's at the beginning when he brings, like, the files of the Avengers to... Um, Tony Stark and Pepper's there. And she's like, I want to hear about this cellist. And he's like, oh, she moved back to Portland. And then later, Phil and Tony walk into the helicarrier to meet up with the other Avengers. And he's like, I'll tell you, take a week off. I'll fly you to Portland. Keep love alive. <laughs> and then later, when Phil Coulson dies, Captain America's like, does he have any family? He's like, no, just a cellist in Portland. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny. It's really, sorry, reference, that they actually continue that story in the, in the TV show Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, they go off about that, like, in depth. So... Yeah, that's a really cool. That's the reference I remembered that. Yeah, that's a big binge point then. So I didn't know that. I haven't watched that show. The other one is I noticed that nobody calls each other like their superhero names, except for there's one time that Natasha does to Clint. She calls him Hawkeye. It's a scene where she jumps on like the Chitauri fighter thing and she's flying it around, and she she says something like Hawkeye when she like needs help with the dude chasing her, and I thought that was cool because like out of all people they're the most close, so it's almost like a nickname she has for him, like. That's not like a, it's not like a superhero name like alter ego it's just kind of like a nickname which i thought was funny um we definitely need more maria hill i wish we had more of her i don't know the actress's name but she's great i wish we had more maria hill she's fun but also at the very end there was a lot of reference about courting or dating things in this movie yeah, at the was. very end the other is talking to thanos the first time we see him talking about how the earth and the avengers so to speak humans should not be like contended with because they're gonna kill you and so he says contending with them will be to court death which i thought was a fun reference in the conf to the comics because thanos falls in love with death and his love for death makes him go after the infinity stones 
So not that that happens in the MCU, it's just kind of like a fun nod to it. The other thing, the last binge point, which is just kind of like a whole point of this movie. So I've been reading a lot more comics because of the MCU. I hadn't really before that. And in reading comics and knowing kind of the way comic stories are told and how they work, this is such a good adaptation of comics. Like not just the actual comics of Iron Man and the Avengers and Captain America, but just like just comics in general. Like the way a comic story is told is you have these single issues, like you have your Black Widow comic or your Iron Man comic or your Captain America comic, and then you have this big event where there's an Avengers comic and all of them get together. But in order, and then after that, you go back to like your Black Widow comic and there's stories that continue based off the Avengers comic. Is that, you guys following? Is that making sense? Yeah. yeah. So this movie does the same thing, but it's also fun just like a comic. Oh, you can just pick up the Avengers comic comic, and have fun reading it without having to know the stories beforehand. Yeah. This does the same thing, but it's more rewarding if you know the stories beforehand. You're in a lot of little details. And the other thing is if you have no clue who the Hulk is or who Black Widow, there's enough hints that you can put it together. But then it puts it in addition to like the focus of that Avengers comic, that big team-up issue, is the team-up nature and the villain that they fight. And that's the focus of this movie. But there's little quips and little story arcs that start in this that are later told more in other issues and like single issues, if that makes sense. Like, I'm kind of making it confusing, but it was just like a huge understanding that you have these single issue character focused comics that come to this big team up event that's focused on the team up event, but tell small stories that those characters continue on in their own stories. Branch off. Yeah, and that's exactly what this does. And I just like, so at the same time, it totally focuses on the nature of the, the villain and the team up, which is a ton of fun. While also balancing like seriousness with humor, just like a comic, balancing good action, just like a comic. But then it sets up things in the smallest way where you'd want to continue with those other single stories that come after, but not to the point where you're, you lose your interest in the big event that's happening now. I just like, that is so much work with the director, Josh Whedon, the story writing, the screenplay. Like, I'm just amazed how well they balanced all that. Like, I'm, I'll talk about that later in Age of Ultron, but like... Props to everyone involved in making this movie because it's a big deal. Like, you don't have to like it, but I hope that you can respect, like, the talent that went into the creation of this movie. And it's also just a ton of fun. But that was a really long point. <laughs> yeah, but it's a good one, though. That, and going off of what you said, that it, you look at other movies, like, before this, about all these big names coming together and fighting, is that it's, like, essentially focused on, like, banter and the action. And this, like, was able to, you know satisfy those two things but it was to maintain those stories i think that's what made avengers so successful is that they kept hold of the story they didn't let it like falter or veer off to where you're like i don't know what's going on it's just it's just fighting explosions but i i do agree with you on that one so another binge point i have and one that i really really appreciate and respect so much is that this movie is really realistic. Because I feel if you bring a whole band of superheroes together, and let's be real, they're all all like probably pretty dang prideful, you know. And way different. Yeah, totally you know, from different worlds. Captain America is from the situations and time. Yeah. So it's like, bro, you're gonna have different guys come together and it's not like Oh, you're another Avenger? We're instant best friends. Heck yeah, let's go save the world. No, it's not going to happen. And you see, like, beef come up, and it pretty much causes problems, like, like major later beef. in the movie. Yeah. And I seriously feel like that's something that would actually happen. 
and that it's not all gonna be merry and they're just gonna get all okay, let's do the world again, yay. But it's you're gonna have issues come up because of like the different personalities and cultures and worlds and time and what everything. And then another point going off of this, how it's so realistic, is if you watch some action movies, you watch this dude like get kicked in the groin, punched in the face like eighty times, shot in the shoulder, and then he's like still fighting just fine. It's like what? Like if any of you ever watched John Wick? <laughs> oh my gosh, dude! It makes zero sense. Like the action's so sick, but he, you, that guy's indestructible. Nothing ever like phases him whatsoever. So watching, I remember there's two scenes that made me think about this. When Hawkeye's fighting Natasha, when Hawkeye's like still kind of like taking over control from the scepter, and when Natasha hits his head into the bar, and he's just like totally wasted. Yeah. He can't even like get up again. He's just like a druggie. And I feel like that's what totally would happen if I take a freaking bar in my forehead, you know, flying around from a kick or something. I ain't gonna be moving. Like, you can't keep fighting. And so, like, the fact that he was just dazed, I was like, thank you. None of this stupid, like, oh, I can keep fighting crazy action. I'm so good at fighting, whatever. But it's like, if I get hit hard, obviously, like any natural human. It's gonna hurt. I'm not gonna be able to fight. Yeah. And then there's the other scene when Captain America is like fighting with Thor at like Ground Zero of New York, and he gets like shot in the stomach, and he falls down. And he's like bleeding and stuff. It shows that he's like exhausted. And you know this fight's like taking a toll on him, and all the Avengers are starting to get tired. And it's just it just shows that yeah they're superheroes, but it doesn't mean they're like infinitely powerful. Yeah. So I thought this movie did a really good job of keeping things realistic and like even just showing like, I don't want to get too deep here, but showing how like politics really can morph a big like group or project like that. You see Nick Fury, the constant like conversation he has with the board to control them and to make certain decisions. On how like people will get overruled and it's all about like well we gotta blow up the aliens before it takes over the world like just like the issues you'll see there that would really happen because some people in the situation like in the movie they're gonna want to nuke like ground zero to kill all the aliens even though it means like killing millions of people like that's a serious like ethical issue that like people or moral issue that people would have and I think this movie did a great job of showing that like more than anything yeah, it's a movie about aliens from space, but it still keeps it realistic. So yeah. I, I definitely enjoy that a bunch. Yeah. Another cool binge point. So uh, should we move into our next segment of least favorite scenes or dislikes and favorite scenes? Yeah. Okay, I'll go first. Um, the least favorite scene, I promise. I knew this was coming, and I was trying to find one, and I just don't have one. I don't have a least favorite scene. If I were to have a dislike... It would be that the first half of the movie lo- moves a little slow, but it's fun. Like, it's not horrible that you're like, oh, let's just get this over with. Like, there's part of me that's like, oh, I just want to see the fun action. You know, I'm, I'm here for the team up. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Kellen said, it's realistic. So it's, I like, I dislike it, but I also appreciate it and like it. I'm kind of like on the fence with it. In some moments, I'm like, oh, this is too slow. In other moments, I'm like, I really appreciate what they're doing. Yeah. But it's like, I don't have a least favorite scene. So. I got, I have one, actually. I have... I, the shawarma scene at the end. Yeah, I want to get like a burger or something. I say my least favorite scene would have to be like when the, the beginning scene with uh, 
Eric Selvig, he goes in and starts talking, starts like talking to the t- like as if the test was like a girl or something oh, like that. She's 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 misbehaving <laughs> and she's like she's just yeah, she she, she she turns on this the the power when we turn it off. It's like this is just weird, man. <laughs> this is a weird vibe. It's like okay, whatever, man. I'm, I, it was hard to ignore. Yeah, it was cheesy. It was just like this, like okay, this is. I mean, you could refer to it as like, oh, she's getting strong or whatever, but like, he kept going with it, like, the whole time. It's like, hey, stop, dude. This is not like a girl, like. And I think it continues think throughout it's... the movie, too. Yeah, and it, it, it was just uncomfortable for me. They needed, I, totally I agree, think yeah. they needed to drop that. Yeah. Okay. So, so he starts misbehaving. It's just to show that he's like this scientist that doesn't know what's happening, but he just like becomes like this like, weirdly attached to it. Yeah, it's so weird. She's shown me something. It's more than knowledge. It's truth. It's like, <laughs> like, but, cube, I, I, but I will say I don't dislike that because I think it shows like the level of mind control that he's under. That he's like he's nuts. He turns yeah, insane. Yeah. yeah. He goes crazy. But yeah. Yeah, it, it so. gets it gets a little too much. So, Kellen, do you have a least favorite scene? Um. Yeah, and it's against Captain America. Of course it is. <laughs> oh my! I, I, I wanted to ask you about that actually. Listen up. Let me tell you. <laughs> so it's it's in the beginning when he's like starting to have some beef like with up, Iron but... Man. Oh, okay. And not just because it's Iron Man, but just because. Wait, wait, wait. What scene? So it's right when Tony Stark and Bruce Banner Banner ugh, are starting to like work together to look for. Oh, the blueberry scene, where where Iron Man has a blueberry and he's like blueberry. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so like I it just. All of, so I feel like the way Captain America is, is like, if he disagrees with it, you're wrong. Like, he mm. may believe in something, you may believe in something else, but if it's not what he believes in, you're doing something wrong. And that bugs me about Captain America, because if you look at it, Tony Stark, he's starting to like, investigate and like, do things he shouldn't, you know, like, look into S.H.I.E.L.D.'s like, classified files and everything. And Captain America is like freaking out and going crazy and like insulting Tony Stark a bunch. And then as soon as that happens, what does Captain America do? He goes snooping by himself and then he finds out stuff and then he's like, okay, yeah, they, they're actually doing something wrong. Tony Stark was right. I mean, yeah, I think it's good that he snooped and found out for himself, but I just do not like how much of a jerk he was when <laughs> he did that. He's like... All being self-righteous and ta- calling Tony a bunch of stupid things. And then he just does the exact same thing. So it's like, that's the beef I really do have with Captain America. Is that if you're not with him, you are like under the bus, scum of the earth. You don't deserve to breathe right now. So, I w- as much as I don't, I, I don't want to be the person that defends everything you say because I completely agree with everything that just came out of your mouth. Uh-huh. But I don't dislike it. Because I appreciate the arc that Captain America goes on. And not to spoil the other movies until we get there. But knowing how they go, Captain America, I don't want to say grew up, but was in World War II where there was, at that point in time, there was clearly a right and a wrong. There was the Nazis and then there was the opposition of the Nazis. And that kind of carried with him. He he didn't progress like everybody else in time. And that like Tony Stark had parents and he they had parents and so on and so forth. And they grew up and people 
mature and grow and we understand things on a deeper level and then we get to where we are well captain america he just kind of like skipped that because he was yeah, frozen there's no, like gray area for him it's just black yeah because he and i think it's because he was frozen when everybody else was growing a new mindset he was a pops he was a capsicle yeah <laughs> and i think later this movie I, like i was saying with setting up an arc for future issues i think this this one does a good job like establishing that flaw of captain america that is black and white there's no gray and later he learns kind of the gray and the effects that that yeah, has on your mind. That, yeah, you're fighting for good, but you know your own leaders or whatever do a lot of bad things. Yeah. So I, I think it. Yeah, like I agree with everything that you said, but I don't dislike it because I appreciate the arc it sets up for Captain America. But it is annoying. Like when yeah. he does, I'm like, come on, dude. Like just. Yeah, but I understand why. So. Yeah, I mean, I think it was good that he had to learn and kind of see that for himself. I just don't like how it was. You know how Tony had to get like freaking buzzsaw to the face yeah. before that happens. That's true. I mean, you look at where Captain America is coming from, like what you said, Harrison, about he's he's a man out of time. And he was in World War Two back in the day. And that at that point, you trust your government. You trust your orders. You show up now in 2012, and the government's corrupted. They have secrets. They have all this stuff to work so that we should. We'll talk about this later in Captain America's movies, but yeah, his whole his whole arc about that is that he learns that he uh, their secrets that the government is not necessarily like the best thing, and people aren't necessarily truthful on at a face value. So it sets up a good arc for him. Yeah, it does. So I'm curious. Not I don't want to spend every podcast talking about Captain America and defending him to Kelton, but I do. I want to say I do understand what you're saying. I agree with you. So I'm I'm I don't want you to answer this question. Just kind of rhetoric. I'm interested to see if your opinion will change of him later, after watching that arc, or if it will stay the same. It maybe it's the same right now. But I'm I'm just. It's been a while since I've seen Phase Two, so it could change. Yeah, I'm just curious what will happen. I I'm not trying to predict what will. I'm just I'm expressing curiosity and I'm intrigued. Yeah, man. I guess I'm just a huge Captain America supporter. Got every time. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So favorite scenes. I'm going first. My favorite one is the New York battle, but a very specific moment of it. It's not the beginning. It's kind of like halfway through the battle. It's before Natasha gets up on the roof, um, and it's after they do the pan around shot. And it's that scene where it's just kind of like, I don't remember if it was one continuous shot or if there was cuts, but it was the scene with, that starts with Hawkeye telling Iron Man that they the Chitauri can't bank at all. He's like, they can't bank, bank worth a darn, find a tight corner. And then they all start working together, and you kind of get this continuous flow of the characters moving around and continually like moving to different parts of the map, if you will, for lack of better words, and um, interacting with each other. Like it goes from Iron Man flying in the air, finding all these Chitauri, to landing and shooting a beam at Captain America's shield that he like moves around and cuts a bunch of Chitauri, and then it cuts to him like flying over a Leviathan that Hulk and Thor are on top of, and then they smash it down, and then it goes a Black Widow flying over on the thing, and then the Hawkeye shooting people, and it's just like tons of teamwork. And just like such a classic comic book panel to panel transition of the yeah, characters being yeah. a team. And it was like, wow, that was impressive that they put all that together. But it was also just a ton of fun to watch. Like it was enjoyable to watch. That was my favorite scene. I probably explained it horribly, but hopefully you know what I got. That was my favorite scene. I, I just was smiling. I was like a 12-year-old like, <laughs> yes, this is just so much fun. Seeing all my superheroes get together. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. So, uh, yeah. So my, I got a few a few uh, favorite scenes. It was like little small points. Um, one is anything Nick Fury says. 
<laughs> that guy, whatever he says with me, it's freaking hilarious. I love it. He's like, let me know if True Power needs a magazine or something like that. Again, though, those things are so funny. I love. Like, I'm just, I just anticipate what his words. Uh, another one was when Hulk just finally goes on a smashing rampage. I finally get the satisfaction of what Hulk really does after waiting from watching this really just embarrassing movie of the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> and one thing I want to point out was that he that they transitioned that weird awkwardness and almost Sasquatch Hulk vibe. They they kind of transitioned from that to what they have here, and the whole point where he just goes off and just smashes, jumps, and throws people, throws these Tatari aliens through windows and crushes them is just the greatest satisfaction ever. But one uh, one uh, one last one was that moment when Iron Man shoots uh, uh, Captain America's shield. That whole point that 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 just you just stop that frame and just like I can just like post that and hang it up on my wall. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a sweet scene. That's sick. Um, I'm pretty conflicted what my favorite scene is. But I would have to say, I I don't want to go into my fall in here, but I just really like the whole scene of where... Um, okay, I'm, I'm bouncing around all over my head right now. But I'm just going to say, I really like the first... Like, all, I agree with what all of you guys said, but another scene I really enjoyed is when Iron Man, Thor, and like Captain America have like their first fight in the woods. Like it's just like kind of cool. Oh like, yeah. You get to see how each one of them fight for the first time against each other, and because uh, they're getting to know each other, like, who the freak is this? Do you know what you're uh, dealing with, yeah. uh, Shakespeare in the woods? <laughs> <laughs> it's like does thy mother know if thou wears her drapes or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> I just love, you know, their their whole um, just kind of fight right there. Just, you know, the awesome scene where Thor, you know, hits Captain America's shield with his hammer just levels the entire field of trees and stuff. Um, so and just the whole fighting there, like, just cool to see these giant trees getting obliterated. Um, so, yeah, that's probably one of my favorite scenes. So All good picks. All right. That brings us down to Fall In. Oh, I think I, I I think I speak for everyone here. It's like our favorite part of the whole podcast. Yeah, I love this. When we we look for certain themes in the movie and we talk about them, but we try to make them personal. So it's like we learn something from it, but we also learn something from each other. And it makes it a lot more enjoyable to watch a movie and just take something from it that you like always remember and try and maybe change your life about it or something like that. So I I. I have two different themes I want to talk about for my following, but I think I'm, depending on time, I'm just going to try and focus on one. And this scene got me hard. Like, I did not notice, this is the first time I've even known this line was said, but it's right after, um, oh my gosh, why don't I just forget his name? When he dies, what's his name? Uh, Coulson? Oh yeah, yeah, sorry, wow, I can't believe I forgot that. Agent Coulson, right after he dies. You know, it, it hits the team pretty hard. It yeah. It's like one of them, and he's dead. Because they fought, and, and part of it is it's their fault, you know? Yeah. They're, they could have done things different, and they could have saved his life, you know? And so um, they're all at conflict, and, you know, Nick Fury kind of manipulates him, which is like another part, the other part of the fall, and I want to go into, but I won't for now. Um, 
you know, he shows him that he never signed his cards. He had them on him, but now they're all like bloodied up and stuff. And you guys failed him in that moment. Ah, sorry, I'm getting. Okay, anyways, so when Captain America and Iron Man are talking about it, and I don't remember exactly what Captain America says, but he says, "Oh, is it hard adjusting for you?" To, like, is this the first soldier you've soldier lost, or something lost? like that? And Tony Stark like adamantly says, "We are not soldiers." Yeah, and that hit me hard, and I just think that like. This is when I truly, like, really think Tony Stark begins to change. Yeah. Because you see it when he first finds out, he doesn't say anything, he just stands up and walks out. Like, he's beginning to realize the consequences of his actions. And with him saying, we are, like, we are not soldiers, just, I think he's starting to, like, appreciate the human life. And realize, you know, we're not just numbers to get thrown at an obstacle until the obstacle is, like, overcome. But to realize, you know, you could make it easy on yourself to just say, oh, we lost another soldier. It sucks, but we got to move on. We got to go defeat this guy, win the war. But to also make it personal, it's like, look, we're not soldiers. We just lost a friend. Someone we knew has died partly from the like consequences of our actions. And so I really like how Tony begins to realize that it's not just him billionaire philanthropist playboy but that like he is someone who's responsible for him but he because of his abilities like has the ability to help other people or save other people and protect other people so i really just love the idea of how like just the respect for human life and making it personal like that's i think that's okay to make things personal instead of just trying to dull your emotions to war and i'm not saying that like that's bad i it's probably makes it really easy to cope with to like go through those kinds of emotions and to continue like living and trying to do your life but just being able to respect and like mourn is a completely okay thing i agree with that it's also a side note because i don't want to take away from the the appropriateness of mourning because that's a really well said thing but it's almost like the unsaid moment, like Uncle Ben moment with great power comes great responsibility. Like it's almost like the same mentality that Iron Man gains, or I guess Tony, without someone saying that. Like that, what not the, definitely not those exact words, but also that philosophy and that principle isn't really said in this film, but it's learned. The characters of the film learn it. And it's, if you pick up on it, you can learn it as well, which is... And I'd say like this is... The first movie in the MCU one, I feel like Tony's arc really begins to like start. Yeah. Where he really begins to change and like realize that sometimes it's more important to put the needs of others ahead of your own. Yeah. That's true. I I want to point out um, the point where Captain America is not introduced into this movie is that he's just going ham on this punch bag, destroys it, picks up another one, keeps going. Is that Nick Fury come up comes up to him and he asks, How are you sleeping? And he's like, I've I've been asleep for seventy years. I think I've got my fill. Like he's he's still recovering from that major life change. It's that he, he was in this time, this is his present day, this is his life, to where now he is now have to put his whole life on hold or leave it behind and start a new one. So he was a scrawny guy from the scrawny kid from Brooklyn, and now he is this Captain America figure. And one thing that he said 
Um, Captain America said that I thought was really cool was um, they said we when I woke up they said we won but they didn't say what we lost, and that phrase that sentence I think shows that Captain America was not it was you can't just like walk off that the whole point of him losing all, all these things to where even it even transitions to his conversation that he has with Agent Coulson on the on the the plane jet and he has a conversation where Nick Coulson makes a reference and Captain America doesn't doesn't get the reference and so it's just it's just another call that he's a man out of his own time and then Agent Coulson responds to Captain America's saying of well I'm just old fashioned I'm not sure if old fashioned is the right thing right now and <clears throat> Coulson says well people are kind of you know, afraid and they're a little scared and they're a little jumbled and confused. So maybe old fashioned is what they need. And so that whole that's that phrase that Coulson said to, to Captain America, I think plays a part into his storyline because you you find uh, inspiration in very interesting ways in life. And I found inspiration in songs. I found inspiration in talking to friends. I found inspiration by just sitting alone by myself. Um, going off a tangent here, I was I listened to a podcast yesterday about where where good ideas come from or where inspiration comes from. Inspiration usually doesn't come from your own mind and your own thoughts. It comes from somebody else because it's a different way of looking at something, different way of you know how you word things. And so when it comes to mourning something. Sometimes the best thing is just venting about it or talking to somebody and they just they just say their give their you know small little tidbit of what they think of it or like how they're sorry for you because in this point that conversation was I don't know what was it 2 minutes 3 minutes of him saying I'm too old fashioned for this I can't do this you know I'm the super strong superhero super, super soldier like how can I provide help and then Coulson's like, well, you're old-fashioned. Maybe we need that figure of help. And then that plays into his arc that I am here to provide that figure to, to people. So I need to put my life aside and just do what I know what's best. I think that plays a part into what you were and how you have a you have a hard time with Captain America. But going back to um, being able to mourn and able to just know that you do belong in a place is other people. Um, other than yourself, they are the best medicine for gaining self-confidence, self-esteem, and I think being the best person that you are. Is that you by yourself cannot be the best person, but people with you can be able to help shape you toward whatever you really want to be, to be honest. I don't I don't have a fall in I if so, if you want to do your second kill, and it was really interesting. Like, um, not to say that there's not any in this one, but like, I, I just didn't normally like I really pick up on things this time, but I don't know why I didn't this time. Um, yeah, I just like the whole thing with the government, like, and manipulation mm-hmm. and how it really is kind of twisted if you think of how much Nick Fury just to like get what he wants or what the government wants or anything he will change things or lie just to get what he wants and how it really 
can seem messed up and you have to ask yourself like is it okay to lie if this is the outcome like if it unites the avengers and helps them fight and win the war like is that okay to lie that's just a good more like question to ask and how like is it okay for someone to be scheming and constantly kind of be dealing under the table and changing things you know keeping things secret so you don't know the whole deal like just a question maybe rhetorical or for any of our listeners or, or you guys like do you think there's ever going to be a line where it's like manipulation is bad and should never be done or are there like exceptions on when you can or should manipulate i think you know manipulate is like a super strong word and it's always kind of seen as super bad i'm just curious like do you guys ever think there's a time when it's okay uh yes and no i there, there's points where i wouldn't say manipulation um but i'd say maybe withholding a couple of truths for a temporary time temporary moment that's what i think is most important is that you can't just withhold things people from forever because people deserve the truth but i think the time and place is plays a plays an important role in when a truth should be understood not when they should find it out because you know you can't really control that in, in many circumstances but and how it's understood and that there are there are some points where you can te- where temporarily holding the truth or waiting for the for the correct time can actually be can bring a better or a stronger motivation or explanation or more clear explanation toward that actual specific truth that's that's my that's my answer to that that's what I think. I don't know about manipulation, but I think that persuasive leadership is a powerful skill. I think it can be used properly. But I and, and again, this is kind of rhetorical, and I, I don't really have the answer when it comes to pers- like manipulation slash withholding truth. But I think that it get in the given situation, withholding or kind of twisting the truth to get people to take a positive unification to go fight for the world, like that's definitely a positive thing. Um, it's a means to a greater end, um, but using that same tactic to do something for a selfish reason is obviously horrible. Mm-hmm. So I don't have the answer. I just think that that uh, persuasive leadership is something that should not be used for selfish reasons. I like that. Yeah. That's a good one. So any any other fallen thoughts? I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing that this movie's not like incredibly deep. I don't think that the purpose of this movie was made to tell an incredibly deep philosophical idea to make you think about for the rest of your life. I think it was a comic book team-up movie. But it's cool to see that there's still things in there that make you think. Yeah. I, have, I have one more thing. Um, you look at this. This is... How many movies are we in to the MCU? Six. Six, six Sorry, movies. Sorry, I lied. There's six, Kelton. Oh, so right okay. in between you and me. Okay, so there's six movies. This is just the beginning of this major onslaught of superhero movies in this major story. These movies changed people's lives changed slash saved people's lives and careers in hollywood like think about it you if you learn the job of being an iron man and then you are in every single mcu mcu movie all 23 you're in 23 films you're set like jarvis the uh, one actor that guy is set he's been in so many movies like think of all those movies he's been in it's not it's not all of them but like Marvel has created this universe of sustainability and of security for people who work into these films and in development, producing, and all that stuff. They've created this massive just genre of where you can, 
if you work with Marvel, you work with this sort of theme of a movie that you can be sure that you will be able to have a job and provide for your kids and provide just for yourself. I think that's really impressive that what Marvel has did rather than just making this awesome story and films is that everybody behind the, behind the scenes has now has a life. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I think it's pretty amazing the like the careers that it gives people. But I have a question for you guys. I'm trying to find it. Give me a second here. Um, hold on one second. I'm trying to Google something. Well, Harrison's looking up that. I wanted. To, I'll, I can maybe mention some stuff. I there was a, so in the very end there or not the very end very beginning where there's that the whole facility of the shield gets taken out and like collapses completely. The transition of where it go it shows a train. And then it moves, pans over, and it has um, Scarlett Johansson interrogating these Russian guys. That one point where it said it shows the train, my first thought was like, "Get on the Avenger train. This is going to be a huge thing." I'm like, now's the time to jump on that bandwagon before it gets really, really, really big. And I, I thought that was really cool. You know, it may may not be, it may be like a bench point or a reference, but I think it's just a good thing to point out that this is a train, and that you jump on this train, it's you're not gonna regret it. Okay, so this has to actually do with what Kay just said and kind of the train, air quotes, of the MCU. So this happened recently, just like two or three days ago. And then we'll hurry up and get into our review ranking. But so Martin Soros or Scorses, I don't know how to say his name. I apologize. Um, he's a director, a very famous, um, really like honored director in Hollywood. Um, some films he's um, known for just for listeners is Taxi Driver. That's probably his most famous film. Goodfellows, Mean Streets, or The Age of Innocence. Um, he's a pretty phenomenal director and makes a lot of films, kind of like we talked about, that make you think and have deeper meanings. Um, but so that he said this in an interview with somebody um, talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and he says that Marvel movies. Um, um, he he doesn't view Marvel movies as cinema. So this is what he said. I don't see them, revealed Scores. I tried, you know, but that's not cinema. Honestly, the closest thing I can think of them, as well made as they are, with actors doing the best they can under the circumstances, is theme parks. It isn't the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotion, physical, physiological experiences to another human being. And there's been tons of responses to it, but my favorite one is probably James Gunn, the director of Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. Um, and let me, he just, he, he kind of tweeted it, and said, Martin Scorsese is one of my five favorite living filmmakers. I was outraged when people picketed The Last Temptation of Christ without having seen the film. I'm saddened that he's now judging my films in the same way. So I don't want this to be a huge discussion. I don't want to like pick sides or anything like that. I'm just curious what you guys think, and then I'll share mine, about the MCU being not cinema. What, what do you guys think? I think they didn't grow up watching superheroes. Or looking at them as, as figures. He saw them as a source of entertainment. And so he doesn't see the side of that. There are so many stories and emotions. and That people get invested in this stuff. Because this is what they know. This is what they've connected to. That he connect, he's, I'm sure I'm, I'm, he's probably connected to different things. Like he, all, if you look at his movies. He's never made any superhero movie. And so he may, he may like not like the superhero genre and all these like it's the era of superheroes so that's my first reaction is that he i don't think he was ever really involved in superheroes so when these movies showed up he's like what's so important about them you know they're entertainment 
Kellen, what do you think? What? I've thought about this a lot, so I'll just say I'll reveal my thoughts afterwards. But go ahead. Kellen, I just think us like doing this podcast really just shows that look, you could look at each of these movies and you could learn something from it. Like, I feel like there's definitely passions and emotions put into each and every single one of these movies, and it's just really whether you choose to open your mind to like see those or not. And so I do, I totally see these movies as like a cinematic experience. And like, it's, it's something you could totally like, like I said, learn from and, and see like the emotion and the feelings and kind of the journey you go on here. So I, I do feel like they are. So, so my response is kind of multi-tiered. Like I said, I've had a lot of thoughts about this, so maybe they're more, more prepared than you guys. Um, but the main part is that I agree with you. Um, I mean, there's definitely some films that you just watch it and you're like, what, what was the point of that? Like, besides just making a movie where superheroes fight? Like, I, I totally understand that. But I think that there's other, that like we've done with every single one of these episodes, there are deep meanings that people, and I'm, we're not the only three people on the earth that are doing this. There are people that are impacted by this these movies. Absolutely. I saw this on Reddit, and I can't find the post I looked for it, but I was amazed, like... I got very emotional at work. This guy on Reddit in the movie sub was talking about how he loves movies and how they've saved his life. And there's one line that he said. He was talking that he was in a rough point in his life and he was ready to commit suicide. And he was going to. But Captain America the Winter Soldier was about to come out. And he thought, no, Captain America the Winter Soldier is coming out in a few months and that's going to be an amazing movie. I can't die yet. And so he didn't. He, he saved his own life and went and saw Captain America the Winter Soldier and loved it. And then experiences he had in staying alive has kept him alive since. Wow. Like, people's lives are changed by these movies. And I think it's pretty shallow. I'm going to go on a ledge there and say it's pretty shallow to just say that because I don't like these movies, they're not cinema. Like, he, he may not. And that's totally fine. And I don't think his opinion is wrong. I just think saying that, like, they're just not good enough. Like, is so rude to everybody else's opinions. Yeah. And especially yeah. with his definition of cinema being human beings trying to convey emotion psychological experiences to another human being go watch captain america civil war and watch chris evans and robert downey jr holy smokes i think they both deserve oscars for that movie yeah yeah the other thing is just a last note it makes me sad that like the the academy with oscars has never kind of acknowledged the superhero action genre the first movie to be like superhero movie to be nominated for best picture was black panther which is understandable because of the impact that that movie had but it just kind of made me sad that Somebody would judge these movies without seeing him. Um, but I, at the same time, I don't want to say that he's not wrong. He's totally entitled to his opinion. And some people don't like these movies. Yeah. And, and I know people. I know they people. They don't have to. I know people in my life that they don't like these movies and they protest. As in, like, they just don't go watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's fine. You don't, you don't have to like the movie. But, and, and I shouldn't, I don't want to attack him for expressing his opinion. That's what the internet's all about. That's what we're doing right now. So, yeah. dude, share your opinion. All for it. But my opinion is that these movies are incredible and that they're life-changing and they can be and should be enjoyed. Yeah. So, yeah, everybody just have your opinion, but be respectful towards other people. I don't think he was being disrespectful. Him, no, he's just, just stating how he feels. Yeah. I just wanted to hear what you guys thought. So, anyway, sure. off of that train, uh, back to the Phase 1 ranking. So, right, we we've finished Phase 1. For anybody who doesn't know what that is, um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, MCU, is the Infinity Saga, is all the movies from Iron Man all the way to Spider-Man Far From Home, but they're divided up into three phases. Phase 1 happens to be Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, The First Avenger, and The Avengers. So, we ranked them beforehand. 
I'll review my rankings. We've shared them on social media a lot, bunch. My beforehand ranking of phase one is Iron Man 2 at number one. Iron Man at number two. The Avengers at number three. Captain America, the first Avenger at number four. Thor at number five. And The Incredible Hulk at number six. Um, Cade, you want to read? I'll read. I'll just read everybody's off because I got it here. Cade's beforehand is Iron Man at number one. The Avengers at number two, Captain America, the first Avenger at three, Iron Man two at number four, Thor at five, and the Incredible Hulk at six. Kelton, Captain America, the first Avenger, number one. That's actually surprising. <laughs> Iron Man t- Iron Man for number two, Avengers for number three, Iron Man two for four, the Incredible Hulk for five, and six for Thor. And one more rank in our average. We have Iron Man one Iron Man the first one for numero uno. Captain America and the Avengers are an exact tie for number two and number three. Wow. Iron Man 4, or sorry, Iron Man 2 is number 4. Thor. Thor is 5, and The Incredible Hulk is number 6. Of course, these will be posted on our social media so you can look at them. But I'm going to write down my ranking here and put it in the after. Uh, I don't think I have an after section. <laughs> uh, we'll make one super quick. So, come, is there going to be a lot of shifting in your rankings for Phase 1? Yep. Like... Looking at it right now, there's some... Well, not... I'd just say, like, the middle stuff is going to move. Actually, I don't know. I'm still looking at it, but I know the bottom two are the same for me. Thor, dead last, every time. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, I, I, things will move around. I know for, like, looking at it right now, things will change. Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh, I think there'll be about one or two shifts, but there are going to be a few that will stay the same that they won't move. Um, that's just based on because it's fresh in my mind and I want to update my opinion because Avengers say the ones that will move I'll say this uh, Avengers Captain America and Iron Man 2 will actually shift around I'm going to shift those around and oh and Thor I'm going to shift those for sure as far as once Harrison gets this up we'll we'll jump these we'll no throw these out here so you get get this all started Okay, so this is what the heck? Oh, I'm in the wrong spot. Okay, this is Harrison here. This is on my list. So I'm gonna start with my um, my before one more time. I'll I'll just start with number six and I'll work up and I'll say my before and then I'll say my after. Okay. So my number six before watching the movies was The Incredible Hulk. My number six after watching the movies is most definitely The Incredible Hulk. <laughs> okay, my number five before watching the movie, the movies is. Thor and my number five after watching the movies is also Thor. Number four for before watching the movies is Captain America the First Avenger. Number four after watching the movies is Iron Man. Hmm. Number three before watching the movies was Avengers. Number three after watching the movies is Captain America the First Avenger. Number two beforehand was Iron Man. Number two afterwards is the Avengers. And number one both before and after is Iron Man 2. Because I'm in love with that movie. <laughs> nice. So that's my list. Go through that one more time after watching the movies. Number six is The Incredible Hulk. Thor is five. Iron Man is four. Captain America, The First Avengers, three. The Avengers is second. And Iron Man 2 is first. Wow. Very different from mine. Do you want to go next? Yeah, I will love to go next. I've got number six. Incredible Hulk is number six. And it will always stay at the bottom. <laughs> and number five for me. Um, I got it here. It was Thor. Before was Thor. Um, the number five spot for now is the Avengers. Wow. 
Yeah, it's a different shakeup. Uh, number four before was Iron Man 2. And now it is still Iron Man 2. Number three was Captain America's the first Avenger. Number three is now Thor. And then number two was the Avengers. That has now been replaced by Iron Man. And number one spot is Captain America, the first Avenger for me. All right. Yeah. Welcome to the club. Other than Incredible Hulk. <laughs> Dang. What you come? All right. So before, um, in phase one, at number six, I had Thor. That ain't going to change. That thing sucks. So after number six is Thor for me. Then before number five, I had the Incredible Hulk. That stayed the same as well. Um, so yeah, after the Incredible Hulk stays at number five. Number four, this is where it started to change. Before I had at number four was Iron Man 2. Now I have Iron Man, the first one. Before that was at number two, it dropped two spots. Because I frankly did not remember much about Iron Man 2 and the Avengers. So, I love Iron Man, but the other two movies I enjoyed more. So, Iron Man number 4 before. I had Avengers at 3. That stayed the same after Avengers at 3. And then right now, for num- before, for number 2, I had Iron Man. After, I have Iron Man 2. That was actually a pretty enjoyable movie. I think Harrison might have infected me a little bit with the enthusiasm because that's a killer movie and then same as last time before I had Captain America the first Avengers my favorite of the first phase in the MCU and after watching the movies it stays at number one even though I hate the guy great movie so solid movies all around I don't think there's much to discuss about those lists we going through them I think we all understand why people's are the way they are we'll scroll down so we can all look at them um yeah, so I don't have much else to say, except for Iron Man 2 is the best movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, it's been awesome. This ten, this is the 10th episode that we have done so far, and it has been awesome. Um, guys, make sure you feel free to add your t- add your you know, list of the Phase 1 movies. We'd love to hear what you guys think and, and why, and why you hate this movie and why you love this movie. Feel free to comment talk to us and we'll love to mention you guys for sure and um we will see you next time yeah so definitely subscribe because we explained this earlier but just to explain it again to keep ourselves relevant because there's so many other movies to enjoy besides marvel movies as great as they are and as much as i enjoy them we're going to take a break in between each phase so we're going to take a three film break so three weeks we're going to watch different movies that aren't in the mcu um after the phase and we'll jump back into phase two so i'm Honestly, so stoked about the movies that we're about to watch because I'm the one that came up with the schedule. So, <laughs> probably, probably, probably a little biased, but I'm excited nonetheless. So, subscribe for that. And uh, thanks for listening. So, uh, ciao, ciao. Play to win this week, baby. Peace out, so. home dog.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.